The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Right now, though, uh, uh, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the show, uh, as always, the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Donoghue. Uh, Minister, you are welcome. Um, we talked earlier um, to uh, Forza about these uh, looming public sector pay talks. Uh, so you have officially uh, offered an invite to unions uh, to engage in talks. And I mean, the clock very much ticking on this seven weeks until the current pay deal runs out. Is that right? Uh, yes, it is. We're in a current wage agreement that's called Building Momentum. Uh, the last uh, set of payments and wage increases, and that happened last month. Uh, and I hope if the unions are in a position uh, to engage with us um, in the coming days, uh, that with uh, a lot of effort and what I think will be difficult discussions, it uh, will be possible to reach agreement on a successor to us. Um, without us, we would, I assume, enter into a period of possible industrial unrest, would we? What happens if we get to the 1st of January and there's no deal? Does the the current deal just keep ticking over? So the current agreement comes to an end at the end of this year uh, as to what would happen if we were not to have a successor to us. Um, It uh, would be a matter for the trade unions to decide if they want to take action. Uh, But we've had now over the last number of years, Kieran. Um, uh, what we refer to as central wage agreements, where we basically, for the many public servants that we have here in Ireland, we have wage increases that are broadly the same for all of them. Uh, We have a process then for dealing with issues that are particular to different parts of the public service. And in return for the government delivering its part of the deal, we've then had relative stability from an industrial relations point of view. Uh, That's what I want to maintain. I believe a central agreement is the way in which we can do it. But I do think the discussions will be difficult. And ultimately, I want to come up with something that's fair to our nurses, our doctors and our civil servants, but also something that will be that will be affordable. And that's the job of the next few weeks now. How realistic is all of that getting squared away within seven weeks? Uh, you know, again, I, I mentioned Forza, we spoke to a little bit uh, earlier and they talked about the need for the government and unions to address in these talks issues around artificial intelligence and the impact in the future that's going to have on the workforce. I mean, these strike me as particularly well, kind of abstract conversations. Well, we're, we're not going to be coming up with an answer to artificial intelligence and what it will mean for our workforces by Christmas. Uh, that's for certain, uh, Kieran. Uh, but to answer your question then regarding timing, um, I've been involved in many of these wage agreements and their negotiation over the last number of years. And once we go into the Workplace Relations Commission, it's been possible most of the time to reach agreement within a number of weeks. The last wage agreement uh, that is now coming to an end, there was a break for a a number of months in between different phases of the discussion. Uh, But if the right will is there on both sides and the right approach, of course it would be possible to get an agreement within a number of weeks. Uh, But I don't want to prejudge how the negotiations will go. Uh, because there'll be important matters on both sides of the table. So how much money was set aside in Budget 2024 to cover the outcome of any wage talks? So we have inside uh, our budget plans for 2024, the funding set aside to reach an agreement on public pay for Mm. next year. I think at this point, before the negotiations have even begun, if I was to say what that figure was or what I think a deal would look like... 1.8 billion? Those who, 
I, I, I'm not going to start speculating as to what the figures will be, Karen. Because well, two point seven billion was set aside, wasn't it, for this and pensions and national development plan, which we'll talk about in a moment. Yeah. National development plan at nine hundred million, so one point eight. We have a we have we have a fund set aside uh, uh, to help deal with the different issues that could develop during the year. But, Kieran, if I indicate on the eve of negotiations, I hope beginning at uh, what I believe the cost of the wage agreement should be. Oh, it'll be lunacy. I'm pretty certain. Oh, well, I'm pretty certain those on the other side of the table will decide they don't want to talk to the government. But it's in the budget. And I'm equal. And I, uh, well, it is contained within the budget, but what the figure is... So they can do the maths as well uh, as I can. 1.8 billion. Karen, I'm not going to get into what figures could be, apart from noting that given that our overall wage bill is around 23 billion euro, uh, an increase of that scale uh, would be a very, very big increase. But what the exact figures will be at this point in time, it wouldn't be right to indicate, given the need to get a good deal for the taxpayer. Mm. But I also think in fairness to the public service workers themselves, uh, they deserve to be treated respectfully in the negotiation. And me saying what figures are before it even begins wouldn't be appropriate. What, what's the, um, what are the factors in, in the kind of economic backdrop that will influence the talks from a government point of view? So, you know, if you, if you take kind of austerity, obviously, that a lack of money is, is, is what was looming in the background with kind of Croke Park 1 and all of that. Um, uh, you know, you've got maybe not a sense of the economic tide going out, but certainly you know, corporate tax receipts slowing down a little bit. There's some infrastructural shortcomings within the economy. Full employment limits growth to a degree as well. So there's two factors that from an economic point of view will play a role in us. The first one is that our... Uh, the economy is not growing with the speed that it has been in recent years. We expect our economy to go by around 2% next year. Uh, last year, it grew by around 8 to 9%. So we have an economy that is still growing, but is growing at a slower pace as we try to get inflation down. That, in turn, of course, indicates and influences what resources are available for next year. And the second point, of course, is where we are with inflation. Uh, this time a year ago, we had inflation that was above 8%. At the moment now, it's between 4 and 5%. When we get into next year, we would expect it to be around 3%. Uh, so that's a particularly important change in terms of the impact that it will have on the cost of living. Um, the National Development Plan, let me ask you about this. So uh, two years ago, almost exactly two years ago, a little over now with much fanfare, this €165 billion Euro, uh, plan was announced. So it, as I understand it, it was in March this year that you kind of announced reforms that would allow for more speedy implementation. And as part of that, there was going to be these quarterly updates to Cabinet. Today was one such update. What, what was that update? Uh, the update was informing government of the changes that we have made with the National Development Plan. Two that we have made in particular, changes that we've made with our public spending code to allow decisions to be made on smaller projects at a faster pace given inflation and what that means for delivering projects. And the second one then is the tendering and capital works framework. So in other words, the agreements that we reach with companies to build projects such as schools, such as our hospitals, changes that we have made there uh, to, to encourage more people to bid for public sector projects. So, so there were the kind of reforms that I highlighted. Mm. And the good news is, is that our spending from a capital point of view is significantly up versus a year ago, translating into more homes, for example, being built, our national broadband plan being delivered. But of course, we need to do more. 
And that's what we're looking at now for 2024. So chronologically, we're, you know, we're 20 percent into the 10 the year project. Are, are you satisfied with where we're at? That those reforms may be earlier, announced earlier this year by yourself and others, that they've caught us up on where we were lagging behind? I'm satisfied about the progress that we're making, but I know we need to do more. Mm. The reason why I'm satisfied about progress... Where, where are the... Where, sorry to cut across you. Where, where, where would you like more to be done? I mean, what's the low-hanging fruit? What would you like to see improved? Well, we're beyond the point of low-hanging fruit. Any low-hanging fruit has been fully grasped now, and we've done our best to avail of any opportunities there. Where would I like to see us do more or do better? I'd have to point to the work that Minister Dara O'Brien has underway from a planning process point of view, where we're looking to make very big changes to our planning system overall to make it more predictable and make it clearer. And I think that is work of gigantic importance. We're aware of the importance of it from a housing point of view. But if I look at all of the things that we want to do uh, to strengthen Ireland's ability to make the most of the renewable energy opportunity, that's a huge project now that Dara has on the way and he's bringing the legislation on that now into the door shortly. So I'd highlight that as the big priority that we all need to get behind to try and make work. The progress that I would point to is this year in the context of interest rates having gone up by so much, mm. the cost of building a home having gone up by so much, to be on the point now where we're going to build, I hope, more than 30,000 homes this year, I believe is strong progress in that context. But we need to build more next year, which we're working to do. Is there still a divide around the cabinet table when it comes to some of the projects within the National Development Plan? Are the Green Party uh, still impeding spending when it comes to road projects? I think to describe it as a divide would be uh, um, kind of uh, overstating what is happening. It's simply the case that each government minister has to decide where they put their capital funding, what projects they want to prioritise. Uh, Minister Ryan is funding very big road projects. He's already made the decision to fund a very, very big road project in the west of Ireland that shows the recognition that he has for particular roads and the difference they can make. And, of course, what we continue to discuss is with the money that is available to him and the government, are there other projects and other priorities from a smaller road perspective that can go ahead? And those discussions are happening at the moment. But we always have these discussions in governments. There are always different issues and different priorities that ministers may have. And we discuss it every, every week and do it in a, in a, in a collegiate way. Um, and then finally, uh, Minister, before I let you go, um, an announcement today of €16 million Euro in interim funding from the state to RTE, a, a, a promise with a little asterisk beside it, I guess you might describe it as a €40 million funding next year, uh, this and the day that Kevin Backer's strategic vision for the company is unveiled. Are you satisfied with the detail within that vision, as, as, as you have seen it at this point, that RT is heading in the right direction and that we will get to a point where they can comfortably say we can account for how licence fee money is being spent? I, I do believe that the strategy that has been launched by Kevin Backhurst today does outline a journey that is a, a very credible response back uh, to the difficulties that RT confronted earlier on in the year. Uh, but the key thing now is the delivery of us and it being implemented. And the first phase he has to go through his engagement with his own organisation. Uh, the government also has a number of views on the way with regard to governance and culture in RTE, which we're going to have in a few short months' time. And the implementation of those reports in particular will then guide us about the release of a huge amount of money to RTE and €40 million. Euro. 
Uh, so I believe the, 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 the journey is outlined quite clearly, uh, but the going on that journey and the delivery of it uh, will be really important for RTE regaining faith uh, in how its affairs are run from the taxpayer and I suspect from the country at large. Minister, thank you very much uh, for your time. Uh, Pascal you. who is uh, Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.